Champaign, Illinois native Emily Harrington coming to you from Kitchen Table Studios in the ever-evolving, sometimes boring, flatlands of Champaign-Urbana for the next podcast episode of Hyperlocals, where townies and transplants share their tales of tears and triumphs, losses and wins, so stay tuned to catch the characters behind the beloved Twin Cities of CU. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the next episode of the Hyper Locals podcast. My name is Emily, and I am here with two special mother-daughter ladies. We have Gina Likens and Taylor Likens Workman. They are Champagne, then Muhammad, born, raised, working, school, various uh, local ties for sure. And we are doing kind of a hybrid that I've never done. One remote, the younger, and the senior here is on and with me. So we are working the technical aspect. So I hope it all sounds great and turns out great. But we're all looking at each other over Zoom. So this is very exciting. And we are going to talk to Taylor. And we've worked on her for about four months to get this together. But I think we've got it. We are going to talk to her about her health journey. She just celebrated a six-year anniversary. And she'll tell us about that. But just a little bit of background, you might know Gina or the Lichens name. You are a snow angel hobby breeder. Is that right? Correct. You see the beautiful cream retrievers around town, and that is you and your husband Todd's business. Is that right? Correct. And we're sadly phasing that out. Mm-hmm. But you're going to concentrate on the vet side. Is that right? That is correct. Okay. Well, to everyone's sadness in our community, but... <laughs> The dogs will live on in all of our hearts, I'm sure. And Taylor told me you actually have how many? I have three. Three. And one is three-legged. Yes, it's our special girl. We just got her. She was born with three legs. Um, her name is Hopper. We named her between Stranger Things. And also, she has three legs, so she does hop. Oh but um, she is the cutest thing. You would never know that she has any impediments. Oh, that is just so cute. Well, you're the perfect owner for her, I'm sure. And Taylor, you now have moved away from Champaign and Muhammad, and you're in Columbia, Missouri. Is that correct? That is correct. And newly-ish wed. Yes, I got married last year. Um, I met my husband actually in Champaign, um, and then his medical school took him to Columbia, Missouri residency now. But um, we've spent the last year here, but we're hoping to move back to the Champaign area again in a couple years. I'm sure your parents would love that. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, guys, well, let's start at the beginning of where Taylor's health kind of took a nosedive and you noticed something was wrong. And I will say that I first met Taylor on your living room floor when my parents were picking out Annie from, yeah. So I don't even know. That was 14 years ago. Yeah. So Taylor was a youngin, because I'm an oldin, <laughs> and um, I remember, you know, going t- to look at all these puppies, and you put, like, little light elastic bands around their necks so we could kind of identify as we weeded out what we wanted. 
I mean, it was such a cool moment, but that's the first time I met you. So tell me when you started to notice either Gina or Taylor that something was amiss with her health. I don't know who wants to take this. I can um, start uh, back in May of 2013. Um, I started having these really severe headaches. I lost vision to my left eye completely in 48 hours. Wow. Um, Mom and dad, they took me, of course, to the clinics and um, they decided to do an MRI after various other testing. And um, it came back that they called my parents the same day that I had the MRI. They said, Taylor has really severe MS with over 50 lesions in her brain and over 25 in her C-spine. We stopped counting. There were so many. So I had it really severe from that young age. I was 17 years old. 17. I was still in high school. You I was were still in high school. At yeah. Muhammad at this time. Uh, yes, I was at Muhammad at that time. Can, so, can I back this up even yeah, more? Sure. You can, yes, okay. I think you would. <laughs> Mother knows best. Yes. Taylor was complaining that she was having numbness to her toes. Okay. And this was back even in December. January, yeah. it was kind of in there. And then it, I said, don't, you know, you're wearing all these high heels. She's vertically I'm challenged. <laughs> and I'm so five one. <laughs> I said, wear flats. Let's go buy flats. Sure. So she did that for a while. And I said, how's it going? And she said, well, I think it's maybe getting a little bit better, you know. And then it started up again. And I took you to the eye doctor because hmm. she had an episode one evening of double vision. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It was when double vision. I was vision. on the interstate driving. Oh, no. Yeah. And then it happened again that evening at home. We were watching TV and she said, oh, my gosh, it just happened again. And so I took her in and that doctor just said, well, she's got astigmatism and he kind of just blew it off. Then like a month later, she ended up with the blindness in one eye. It happened over the course of one day and she was blind in, the, in her <laughs> left eye and the severe headaches were, were bad. Did you ever think it was going to be multiple sclerosis? No. Did that never occur to you? No. Because she's really. young and healthy. And healthy. She's always been and healthy. I had been um, volunteering at our local gymnastics center, and um, I had been helping a kid learn their handstands. And they kicked me on that side of the head. So they were, we were thinking detached retina, possibly. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I was thinking, okay, it's probably detached retina, headache. They kicked my head. Sure. Make, makes sense. So that was what we had tried to reason before we even went in there. So we had no idea it'd be something this severe. medically severe. Yeah, exactly. Do you know, you mentioned many lesions. Do you know what phase you were in or stage? It was a very severe form. Of okay. So it had progressed. Relapsing remitting multiple sclerosis. So it comes and goes, the symptoms do with relapsing okay. remitting. So I could be blind one week and then the next week I might just have headaches. And then the next week I might have just um, trouble walking, but then they resolve over time, which is why it usually takes so long to diagnose because you say, hey, I've been having headaches for like a week. It's because I got kicked or it's the high heels. Exactly. You can can reason it. Okay. She's wearing a shirt right now that I bought her (laughs) and it said, it's all in your head. Oh, Wow. And it is. All these symptoms, you know, your headache, they went Oh, away. sure, sure. And, but it's nothing that you can visibly see. So people would look at her and they would say, oh, my gosh, you're looking great. Yeah. So is it often said to be like a mental health issue? Is that how it's diagnosed at some times? I suppose it could. To be taken seriously. Yeah. But yeah. Kind of like a hypochondria. Yeah, type sure, thing. sure. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. There is like you can have like numbness on like a patch of your thigh. Wow. You know, thing, that's... 
that's something that you need to get brain scan for. You think, okay, this is a leg related issue or nerves or something, but it can be any symptom really that could be caused in your body. So you're a teenage girl and you get the diagnosis that you have multiple sclerosis. Mm -hmm. So what happens next? Is it almost validating? Like now I know what is actually wrong? Well, I'll be honest, when I lost the vision so quick and they told me at the first appointment, it's not a detached retina. Mm -hmm. My first thought was I have brain cancer. Sure. Because that's causing headaches, vision, it'd be in the head. Right. It was in my head, but it was MS. Now, I didn't tell mom and dad I thought it was brain cancer because I didn't want want to be that kid saying, hey, mom, dad, I think I could have a tumor in my brain or something. And so that was really difficult because I didn't want to say that while we were waiting for the results. Fortunately, they came through really quick. Okay. And we got that MS diagnosis. And I remember I was sitting on the staircase when I heard the results come through on the speakerphone because we were all on speakerphone when they called in. And I burst out crying that it was MS because I was happy I didn't have brain cancer. Oh, yeah. No, I'm patting her going, it's going to be okay. We're going <laughs> to work through this. It's going to be I'm all right. I'm happy, mom. <laughs> these are tears of relief. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. So what does the next few weeks look like in terms of getting your ducks in a row to fight So the next step would be to meet with the neurologist at Carl Hospital. I had Dr. McNewson. She was amazing at her treatments. Um, She'd actually called mom, what was it, like a day after I was diagnosed? They'd given her an appointment with Dr. McNewson for the following week. And Dr. McNewson, that was a Thursday evening when she got diagnosed. Friday morning, Dr. McNewson called me and said, I really think she needs to get in sooner could you have her here in 45 minutes? Mm. And I'm thinking, you know, I, as a nurse, I worked at Carl in adult medicine for years, and it would take up to six months to get in with sure. this woman. I mean, like, it's she's that good and that book down. I'm like, we're, we're almost there. We're coming. And they put her on IV steroids, 1,000 milligrams IV. Okay. And they did that for two days in a row. That's a lot of steroids. Mm. But they were trying to shut that immune system down from attacking the myelin sheath. How long had Taylor had MS at this point? Six months, probably, because the numbness in her toes had started in December. So is that kind of when you say the inception was? That first symptom is when you kind of start? It's our best guess. Although when I was young, I tried to do balance beam at gymnastics, and they pulled my parents aside and they said, she doesn't have balance. She failed the balance beam test. So right. it makes you wonder who, yeah. who could that the balance beam? <laughs> <laughs> who bumps balance beam as a child? Like, so we wondered maybe could there be any going that far back? But definitely symptoms started with the numbness in the toes. Okay. All that was when it really started developing. And the dropsies. Yeah, I would drop everything I would hold. Plates, cups of wow. milk, coffee, anything. I would be on the floor. Again, you could just be called clumsy until right. you really exactly. get it. Right. Yeah. I would never ask her to carry a glass of milk to the oh table. Oh, my God. It was that I bad. would have bruises um, whacking my legs on tables as you pass or something. I had bruises up and down my legs. We even had my platelets checked before I was diagnosed because we thought maybe I had like a clotting sure. factor issue or something like that. Okay, so we tried the steroids, and that's like step one mm-hmm. of treatment. And then Copaxone injections was the treatment, the actual like daily regimen that she was on to try to keep the symptoms at bay. Okay. So that's the best you can do when you have MS and you're treating with medication alone Mm -hmm. is you're trying to keep her 
from remitting, you want it to just relapse. Mm. You don't want it to occur again because every time it occurs, you have more damage being done. Sure. Okay. And this is an unsuccessful treatment. For her, it was. Maybe for some, it might have worked. But for her, and this is a child who had to learn how to give herself injections in her abdomen Mm. because of, you know, that's the way Capaxone is given. Mm. And so she had to learn how to give herself injections. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you have scary. to teach her? Um, the nurse actually came. Uh, she came to the pet pro and taught her there. So, yeah, taught her how to do it. But it didn't work. She kept ending up back in McNewson's office again, having to get steroid injections. Right. I kept so, relapsing, yeah. yeah Are you still going to school at this point? Are you still uh, attending yes. high school every day? Okay. I switched over to um, homeschooling. Oh, uh, and did. I found a online school that um, was like the fully credited school. And people had gone to universities like you buy afterwards so we wanted to make sure it was a good one so I luckily was able to transfer from public school to online school at that point are the steroids making her puffy in the traditional sense Mm -hmm. moon face oh yeah okay (laughs) yeah okay so mom is noticing this isn't working right yeah, she, mm-hmm. now My, she, by now she's on medications for headache on a regular basis. Um, she was on gabapentin for that. I can't remember what else you were on. You were on just so many I was on, medicines. I, at some points I was taking up to 15 pills a day, mm. plus the shots and treatment. So we took her down to a specialist. She's an MS specialist at Barnes. And she tested her and did everything and said, you know what, I think the best option for you would be a different medicine. It's a monthly infusion that you have to go to the hospital for to get infusion once a month. It's called Tysabri. And that's what I think you should do. Well, the drawback is, is that it puts you at risk for this virus that attacks the brain and you can die. And JC virus, right? Yep, the JC virus. Thank you, Tay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, but your chances of not developing it, like at, once you're on it for over two years, then you're you're increasing your risk as time goes on, on of developing months. that virus. Right. Okay. So Taylor said, "Okay, here's the deal. I'm only going to be on it for two years, and once two years comes, I'm I'm off this medicine." So your dad started looking at different avenues. Mm -hmm. And that ended up being stem cell transplant, which I knew absolutely nothing about. And I kept saying, I just, I think it's dangerous. I just don't think we should do it. I'm that conservative person. Sure. But we talked about it more. We found a person in town, a girl locally who had had the stem cell transplant done. Okay. And it helped her. She had worse symptoms and I think more damage that had been done. Sure. We're trying to get Taylor as young and as healthy as she possibly is. Exactly. And as early as in, in the diagnosis. Yeah. So I thought, you know, we'll go, up, we'll go up for a consult. Can't hurt to go for a consult. And that's when we took her up to Northwestern. So that was August of... 2015. 2015, that's right. Yeah, August of 2015. And Northwestern has a stem cell program. He's not at Northwestern now. He finished the research portion. Okay. And so... He's touring around um, the world... Uh, spreading his protocols, what he did for this program sure. and how to do it. But um, there are different areas. I believe there's a place opening up in California. There's Mexico. So this is becoming increasingly common. But at this time, it wasn't necessarily experimental, but it was not FDA approved. Correct. 
It Meaning, was in the final stages of FDA approval. It was just waiting for that time to right. pass for them to see the people that were in the trial, the results and all that. Which means insurance won't cover it. And we'll get to that part later. But yeah. you guys were determined to get her involved as soon as possible. Correct. Yes. Okay. So how did we do that? Well, he had said, look, just looking at her, uh, her MRI, which they repeated, of course, and um, doing the test, he said, I will do you as a compassion case, hmm. which means off study. Oh, interesting. Okay. But interesting enough. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> just really interesting enough. He, before he had said that, he looked at me. He said, if you came to me the day you were diagnosed, I would have put you as a compassion case back then, too. Wow. It was so bad when I was first diagnosed. Wow. It's not usual. This is a highly unusual case for a young person like her to be diagnosed. Usually people are in their 30s, their 40s when they're first diagnosed. Sure. It's not common. Wow. And you were, I mean, it seems like with all the lesions you just named or numbered, you were far along, it seems like to me. She'd had it for Mm -hmm. a while. Oh, yeah. Okay. So he takes you on as a compassion case. And then what happens? (laughs) Then we have to come up with the money. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, the compassion doesn't mean free. No, it doesn't. No. At first, when he first said that, I'm thinking, yes. oh, wow, this is great. Yay. Um, no, it just means that uh, she can be done off the trial studies. She, she's I can doing... skip that control group. Because okay. you either are in the group that gets treated or the group that doesn't get treated this round, maybe the next round, you might get your name pulled out of the hat. Okay. That's to get right. That treatment. Like a lottery. He'll treat me. Yeah. He'll treat me right then. Not I have to wait up to two, three years. We didn't want to wait. The other gal that I'm telling you about, the other girl, mm-hmm. um, she was in the study. So she had to wait. She kept pulling the wrong arm, okay. the control arm. And oh, no. Taylor wasn't being controlled with medicine. Even the Tysabri, she still had to go in and get steroid treatments. So we wanted to be yeah. as you know, aggressive, aggressive about it as we could. That meant moving forward and trying to get the stem cell transplant. But we were trying to get insurance coverage. Okay. And um, we got denied. We had uh, local insurance. We got denied. And then um, we were able to appeal. And so, you know, appeals take time. So this is taking time. But the cost of the stem cell transplant was, at that time, $125,000. Out of pocket. Out of pocket. And you had to have the money up front. Jeez. So you had to have $125,000 cash. Correct. Okay. So this is when we started GoFundMes and trying to raise money in any way that we could so that I could get the transplant done. It was and never an option not to do it. You no, would have done we didn't anything. Feel like it was. Yeah. You would have done anything to get the 125,000. Mm-hmm. So you go funded me how much? I can't remember. 30,000. Yeah. 40,000. Yeah. Yeah. And then Probably you about told that. me about a significant amount that you was donated to you and how did you get that? Uh, her dad contacted the National Stem Cell Organization, and the CEO just happened to be sitting by the phone and answered it, and her name's Polly Grisanti. She uh, talked to Todd. He talked to her, told her all about Taylor and her symptoms and how young she was, and Paula said, I just, I'm taken with her story. I'm going to take it to the board. I'm going to see if we can get some money for you, granted to you. That's where that started, and then she called back like a week later and told us that they had donated money and that they'd put it up in her medical mm. fund up at Northwestern. So it never came to us and then to them. Sure, sure. It went directly to her medical account up at Northwestern, and we found out it was $50,000. God, 
What a blessing. I mean, I you guys were just... Yeah. Who gets $50,000 handed to them? Right. Oh, my yeah. gosh. So yeah. from the inception of you want the stem cells to the money raised, what's that time frame? Well, the no- GoFundMe may have been a little bit before November, but we realized that we really needed to get going here if we were going to get this done for her. Um, and so November to February. Okay. So relatively quick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Are your symptoms getting worse or are they progressing, yes. moving back, progressing, moving back? So before you have the stem cell transplant, you have to be off of Tysiabri, the medicine that oh. I've been taking. There's a six month cleanout period. So I had to be off of the controlling medicine for six months. And the doctor uh, said, let's just have you go in for monthly infusions where you get the steroids every month before this treatment. And let's hope that the damage is not too significant during this time. Oh, because wow. You can't be on any of those medicines prior to that transplant. You have to have that cleaned out of your system. Sure. So it was kind of scary not knowing, am I going to get worse in this time? Yeah. Like it's it's that six-month window and so much had already happened in just that short time from diagnosis until then. So what are you feeling physically on a daily basis during this period? I was excited. I was also nervous that it wouldn't work because there's always that risk of what if it doesn't work? It's 95% success rate wow. for this. So it has a super high success rate. But what if I'm that 5%? Sure. I, I, I never wanted to think negatively, but it's always a concern. You just don't know. Sure. Um, and so it, that was a concern, but also it was hopeful, but you didn't want to get your hopes too high. Too sure. And then battling just MS symptoms that were constantly still coming. So what were the symptoms at those moments? Were you uh, able to drive, walk? Every day was different. Um, wow. There was four months where I could not walk at all. Jeez. So because I couldn't walk, I couldn't drive. I was having almost like a dizzy spell every about five sec- five to 10 seconds where oh, it seemed like the whole room had just go swirling on me. <laughs> um, and so it was very hard. If I had something up close to me, it would not be as bad. I could ignore it for the most part. So I could like read a book, stuff like that. But I wasn't able to work, doing school. Date, out of the go to a dance. Yeah, yeah oh. I did not. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did not date or dance then. <laughs> she <laughs> so. had she had severe headaches. I mean, they were they were just severe. She had incredible fatigue where she was sleeping 16, 17 oh, no. hours a day, every mm-hmm. day. Numbness would come and go where, you know, she'd have numbness all the way from her toes up to, you know, her thigh on, on one day. And the next day it might be the arm. Hot num- showers. Hot showers. Yeah. Tell her about your I hot would lose showers. The, I would lose my vision for about 30 minutes after a hot shower. And I'm not taking a cold shower. I no. just, I, I couldn't give that up. You're so miserable enough already. Take a hot shower. And then I'd sit in a chair being totally blind. Like I'd listen to music or something, but I'd take about 30 minutes for my vision to come back in both eyes because I just couldn't handle the heat. I went to Parkland to pick something up there, um, Parkland College, and walking from the parking lot into the building, I lost my vision. Mm. I had to sit in a chair at the cafeteria for like 15 minutes before I could get up and start looking for a room number. Oh my gosh. So this is an autoimmune disease that affects the vision specifically, is that correct? Mm. It It can can do a little (laughs) bit of everything. Here's here's some symptoms on my shirt. There's a... Dizziness, um, tremors, swallowing problems, dizziness, emotional changes, numbness, spasticity, vertigo, which you mentioned. Wow. The list is endless and um, every day is something different and it can be something that you've never even heard of. Some days when I would put my chin down to my chest, I would have tingles in my stomach. Mm. It was so weird. 
So the body is attacking itself and yes. it eventually impacts the brain, spinal cord, and eyes. Correct. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So we're not going to get any better, we have found, until we get the stem cell treatment. We've got the money. What do we do with the money? Where do we go? We're hopeful. So everything was all paid off. I went up there to get my pre-op, lab work, x-rays, all that done. Now, I'd been sick the week prior to the mm-hmm. stem cell transplant. I had had really high fever. We were like, take some Tylenol, Advil, alternate. Maybe it'll go away. And maybe it's just a little minor bug. It's just, it's like kind of cold season. So sure, we're thinking in a cough. Okay, mm-hmm. in a cough. Um, I had gone to a doctor like the week before at a convenient care. And they said, oh, no, let's just continue. You'll give it more time. You'll be fine. And I go out, get the x-rays done, get the lab work. So excited. I'm getting so close to stem cell transplant. Mm. I'm also really sick, though. I had, like, what What was my fever when oh, we were driving on back the way home? home it was a 103. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 103 fever. I was, like, sleeping in the car. And uh, I remember mom got a phone call from Dr. Burt. And you can see what he, what he said to <laughs> he you. He said she needs to go to the ER immediately. She needs probably to be admitted to the hospital. Her chest x-ray looks horrible. She has pneumonia. Mm, So don't even go home. First, he asked, how far away are you from Northwestern? And I said, well, we're closer to Champaign. So he said, then go ahead and keep going and take her. And she ended up getting admitted to the hospital. Um, She went to convenient care first. And um, Dr. Burt had forwarded the x-rays. And they said, no, you're too sick for here. You need to go to the ER. So went to the ER, and then she got admitted. She had mycoplasma pneumonia. Okay, which is bad in itself. Bad with MS and bad before this procedure. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it got yes. postponed. Oh, no. Yep. But I was crying because they said, when I first went up to see Dr. Bird, he had said, if you get, if you have, if you were any worse than you were, I would not have done this. So I'm thinking in my head, okay, my procedure just got postponed. Am I going to get too much worse yeah, between yeah. now and then and to have the stem cell transplant? So then that was my main worry over me being in the hospital with 103 fever. Sure. <laughs> Okay, so we're postponed how long? It was about uh, two months. Um, He uh, was going on a tour for a month, Ah. um, just talking about um, his journey, what he does for the stem cell transplant. So um, he had me go in before he left, and they harvested my stem cells. Okay. So basically, they set me up to uh, a central line, and um, they pulled out my stem cells, and then they harvested them for that month when he was gone. Okay. So it was already kind of in the process. I had had some chemotherapy and then I came home and I waited while he was away. And I stayed at my grandma's house just because she didn't really go to too many areas. We knew she was a low traffic. I had already had chemo, so I was at risk. My hair was falling out. So we wanted to keep me healthy in sure. that one month time between going there and then getting the stem cells back. So, so your mom kind of gave me a little bit of a preface on the harvesting part. So I noticed a picture on Facebook, you didn't have hair. And Mm -hmm. since this isn't cancer, I was like, why doesn't she have hair? So tell me why you didn't have hair and the chemo is necessary to what? So the chemo, cytoxin specifically is what they gave her, was so that they could knock her immune system down to nothing. Okay. Because they're going to harvest her own stem cells. They're not taking stem cells from somebody else who doesn't have MS. They're taking her own because the chance that her body would reject them would be nil. 
because of that. So they had to get her immune system down to zero so that when they harvested the baby stem cells out of this dialysis kind of looking machine Mm -hmm. that she was hooked up to, I think you were there for six hours, Mm -hmm. maybe? Yeah. About six hours. Um, She wasn't allowed to get out of the chair. She had to stay there the whole time. If she had to go potty or anything, they had a a bedpan there for it. So of course she wasn't. Luckily, I didn't need to. (laughs) (laughs) She wasn't going to drink anything before she left. But anyway, they take her baby stem cells out and those baby stem cells have no memory of MS and what they were doing to her body. So it's like rebooting her immune system is what they're going to do. Yeah. And you described they looked like tomato soup. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. In a bag. In a bag. In a bag. And so yeah. that yeah. your future is in this bag. Mm-hmm. Yes. 11, Tomato soup looking bag. Some oh baby God. stem cells sitting right there yep. that she can't have because Dr. Burt's going to be out of town. Right. And so now they have to be deep frozen oh and preserved God. so that we can use them when he comes back. So that's not normal. Typically, it would go right back in. Yeah, you'd get a couple more rounds of chemo and then it would go back in. Wow. So we have this lapse mm-hmm. and they're in, on ice. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's back. What happens? We take them out of the freezer. Well, not yet. You gotta not have, yet. you gotta have chemo first. The baby stem cells that they didn't take from me grew up and oh were like, hey, God. we still have MS, let's attack her some more. So they had to give me more chemo to get me back down to base zero basically again. At what point did you lose your hair? Did you decide to shave it or <laughs> we had Mom, so much you, fun with the would hair. Would you like to say? <laughs> you know, we, we didn't want to be that ho hum, oh God, I'm gonna go bald and um, that's one thing she told me when she started uh, the medication way back in the beginning was I, I just I just don't want to lose my hair because sure. she has beautiful hair. Oh no, yeah. Um, well she ended up losing it after the first rounds of chemo and it was coming out like in tufts. Like she'd wake up and there'd be hair on the pillow mm-hmm. and so she's always wanted to like dye her hair funky colors but we're not those kind of parents that say oh yeah, hot yeah pink yeah. is the color what color did you want in this? a teal teal she yeah. wanted teal so when i went to sally's i uh, locally here a store i picked up teal and vibrant purple oh. she was at my mom's house so i went over there and i have never dyed anybody's hair before in my entire life ever okay so you're looking at a novice here sure but anyway we did follow youtube and and i dyed her hair oh she God. had teal and purple hair but as I was rinsing the stuff out I had her head over the tub and I've got the shower head and I'm showering her hair and all of a sudden she's got her eyes closed and all of a sudden I went oh my gosh and she goes what just happened I'm thinking oh no 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 it's okay honey it's it's fine this huge tuft of hair goes floating past and heading towards the drain and I'm sorry I was bursting out laughing because it was just so it was so funny that here I'm doing this to her and she was okay with it she had enough hair to take pictures I was laughing because I didn't know why she was laughing. Well, it's like, so it's, it's just kind of one of those contagious laughter moments. Laugh so you don't cry kind <laughs> right, of thing. Right, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. we ended up, I mean, I cut her hair shorter. Um, mm-hmm. It was the length that it is now where it was like below her shoulder blades. And I cut it up, and I've never cut anybody's hair before either. I cut it shoulder length. It was yeah. actually very mm-hmm. cute. It was cute. It was. Yeah. It, was. it was a little patchy, but the pictures yeah. looked good. That's um, covered that. <laughs> right. But then more hair started falling out. And also, I was getting really achy when I'd sleep. If my hair touched the pillow, like it was just very sensitive. Oh, I wow. felt like wow. I wanted to get the hair out at yeah. that point. I so like. I gave her a mohawk. And we did the mohawk first, and I've never shaved anybody's head either, so I had to go get a special shaver for it. And uh, we made a mohawk, and then immediately, I mean, after pictures, we just went ahead and shaved it off the rest of the way. And I put the 
prettiest um, teal rose tattoo. It was just a decal. Yeah, yeah. On her head, right above her ear on one side it, and she had these beautiful earrings on it was like one of the most beautiful pictures oh it actually looked really good i had people that would come up to me and they would say you look amazing bolt it was just nice having the support of the community even yeah. people i didn't know would come up to me at like menards and they would say i just want to let you know you were so beautiful and like you pull this off they didn't know that i had had chemo all that they just thought it was the style that i chose to wear on a daily basis but i'd have people say like you pull that off and it was nice to have that supportive community too. Your mom told a story about you tried a wig. Yes. <laughs> and this was, she told a story about Curtis Orchard. Can you tell us about that? And this yeah, is so your soon to be husband, your first date. Yeah. So this was actually after the stem cell transplant. Okay. So I'm jumping a little ahead here. Sure. But, um, my uh, now husband, I had just met him and uh the first time we ever met was because his aunt has MS and he wanted me to talk about the stem cell transplant to him over dinner. And I didn't realize this was a dinner. dinner. Yeah. 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 I didn't realize this was a dinner date. Right. Yeah. So, um, but it it was, and we ended up going on more dates. But Um, during the dinner, she had her wig on. Oh, he did it. Because she wants to, you know, she wants to look her best. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and it was one of the wigs they Breast Cancer Society will give anybody who's had chemo and lost their hair, they will gift them a wig. And so she was able to go try on wigs at Northwestern at the Breast Cancer Center. And they, she had this beautiful wig. And so mm-hmm. she had that. And so he didn't know. And then tell her about Curtis Orchard and when he finally so, found out. It was late in 2016. And it was hot. It was really hot outside. And I went to work that day. It was one of my first times without wearing a wig. And he said, hey, do you want to go to Curtis Orchard this afternoon? And I said, oh, sure, I would, I would love to. Um, <laughs> I just, I just want to let you know that I'm not wearing a wig. So it was the and first time he's seen you. Bum. So I, I, I texted him. I said, are you okay if I don't wear a wig here on the oh. state? And he said, that's fine. And to this day, he'll even say, like, I was just as beautiful with her as I was without. (laughs) And it turns out to be your husband. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so let's, we did jump ahead. So let's go to the stem cell. Now we've got them harvested. We're going to put them in. Mm -hmm. And she's had chemo. So she's in the hospital now. She's been admitted to the hospital where she's going to stay for about a month. Okay. And um, so now they're going to come in. They're going to thaw out her stem cells and then put them back into her. Okay. And we had her pastor from here come pastor up. Adjie. She did not know that he was coming. And so that was a big surprise. And he was there so he could bless her stem cells right before they were put back in. And is that a fairly simple process? Putting it back in? It's like it's a lot easier than taking them out. Yeah. Oh, sure. Okay. okay. Yeah. So when she was getting them harvested and she had to sit in that chair all those hours, I had collected a bunch of gifts for her. Oh, you're such and a good she mom. was allowed she to open one gift for every hour that she had to oh sit in that chair. And so she got six different gifts. They were anything from, you know, lotion sets to um, outfits. To oh I have those in my, I have them in my closet still. They're very <laughs> cute. I still wear them. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So putting them back in again, they thaw them out. And then it's just like an infusion. Okay. And how instantly do we see results? 
Um, they said that evening you'd probably feel sick. And then the next day you might be sick too. It just kind of depends. I was a little bit nauseated that evening. It was probably still from the chemo. But then the next morning I was putting in my contacts because I was near side in one eye and far side in the other from that one doctor that I'd seen before. And I put in my contacts. I said, mom, I, I can't see. She said, oh, well, it's nearsighted in one contact, farsighted in another. Maybe you switched them. I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. Took them out, switched them. Nope, I still cannot see. Mm. And so like everything was blurry when I put them in. And I'm like, this is so weird. I put them in as soon as I wake up. So I took them out and I said, I, I'm seeing perfect right she now. She says, mom, without I can see. Oh I'm like, mom, I can see without, without anything. <laughs> and apparently the stem cell transplant helps with vision. It's almost like sounds like getting LASIK. It's almost instant. Yeah, it was. It was the next day um, I could see. And oh um, what was interesting after that, they want you to walk laps around the hospital, keep you moving um, since uh, you're in the hospital bed for so long. Well, I got up to walk and I wasn't having balance issues. I could walk a straight line, which oh I'd never been able God. to do before. Even when I was a kid and I failed the balance beam test, <laughs> I, could never, I could never walk a straight line. And all of a sudden I was walking on the little straight line of the tile in the hospital in their hallway. And yeah. I was like, mom, look, I can, I can see, I can walk a straight line. The funny um, thing is though, she was in isolation. She was on the cancer floor and there mm -hmm. were other patients that were there getting stem cell transplant. Mm. Um, her next door neighbor was from Australia. I mean, they come from all over. Uh, one of the guys that she became friends with was from Texas. Oh my gosh. Um, another one came from New York. So, I mean, they came all over the place to come here. But you had to mask up and you were not allowed to go into anybody else's room. So it's almost mm -hmm. like pandemic vibes. Well, oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Bit. She was masking up and gown and gloves and just to go for a walk around the, the section of the hallway. Yeah. Because we joked that I was ready for the pandemic way before, <laughs> oh <my laughs> way before it even happened because yeah. I and was this, used to all this. Right. It's because her white blood cell count was down so low that it puts her at great risk for infection. Sure. Because she's almost at that baseline right. with the baby mm -hmm. cells. Right. And so now over mm -hmm. this next month, what's going to happen is, is she's wow. just in kind of a holding pattern. She's just waiting for her blood work to get good enough for her to be able to leave the hospital, mm -hmm. but yet not come even to our house because we have dogs. So there's a lot of dog dander. We had cats at the time, two cats at the time. So there was cat dander and her daddy was going back and forth to work, which yeah. meant he could bring germs in. So she went back to my mom's house. Oh my gosh. And so my mom lives in Champaign here. So that was good. But yeah, so we were just in a holding pattern. And once she got out of the hospital, she had not even gotten to enjoy any of Chicago at all. Ugh. So we went at, it was like 1030 in the morning. I told her I would let her walk with me down Michigan Avenue mm -hmm. so that she could just see some of the sights. And because I was going around taking pictures of all the flowers for the spring and all that, and I was bringing them back to her. Oh, my gosh. Um, but so I was walking, and all of a sudden I look over, and here she is with her phone in her hand, and she's walking and texting at the same time. Straight line, too. Yeah, absolutely unheard of. I just, I, I looked over, I just couldn't even believe it. And she was off all medicine that she had been on, except for, I think for six months, you had to be on an antibacterial, antiviral, and an antifungal. And mm -hmm. that's just because her immune system was still in a building phase. Yeah. And that was six years ago, a mm -hmm. little over. Mm -hmm. A little over six years, um, May 51616, May 16th. Oh my gosh. And can you ever say that you don't have MS any longer or will you always have it? 
So interesting thing, I just got a six-year post-stem cell transplant MRI here, and they said that there is no new lesions, no progression of any lesions, and it looks like the lesions I had have been shrinking over time. So wow. they're dissipating. So they're dissipating. They'll, they'll never probably fully go away, but okay. they're getting smaller. They're as close to a cure as you can get with MS. Do you have any remaining symptoms? Nope. I have no symptoms. I'm off of all medicine. If you hadn't got this treatment, would you be married today? Would you have a job? No, No, I would not have wanted to drag someone else into that kind of a relationship um, because it'd be something where someone would need to take care of me. I wouldn't be able to hold the job. I was sleeping 17 hours a day then. I probably wouldn't be walking wheelchair bound, no driving. Would it have taken her life? It could have. Yeah. People do die young, and she was young to begin with. She was already mm-hmm. young to begin with, so the chances that something she was, was going to suffer her whole her. life with mm-hmm. this exactly. Mm-hmm. It's so it's debilitating. It is the most debilitating disease that I've I've seen. It's almost like yeah. Alzheimer's of the body. Mm-hmm. You just mm-hmm. right. yeah. deteriorate. I, I always say it's my second chance on life, and I definitely wouldn't have been able to have that without the support of my family, friends, and the amazing nurses and doctors that helped me along the way. Even to the point where Dr. Bird even said to her, you're only 17. If Mm. you do this stem cell transplant, you will likely be infertile. Oh, man. Not absolutely 100% positive, but you may never be able to have a child. Are you okay with that? And It was worth the risk. Yeah. She said, yeah, absolutely, it's worth, it's risk, worth the yeah. risk. I mean, she'd already been through hell, and she was still mm-hmm. in hell. She wanted to get out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there any downside to the stem cell? May I ask, are you able to have children? Uh, as far as I know, I would be able to have children. Wow. So there is no long term from that. Um, I feel like um, my health has gotten better. My energy has gotten better. Um, besides the costs and yeah. um, all, all the struggles trying to get this done with me getting sick in between and all that. She's I, not supposed to get vaccines. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there is that. Um, I have had the uh, COVID vaccine. That's Mm a mRNA vaccine, which is safer for stem cell transplant people. I waited to see the people that did get it right away post-transplant. I waited uh, for a while to see how everyone's reaction was. And after six months to a year, no one was having symptoms backlash from the COVID vaccine. I decided, okay, I'm going to get this one because it's a different style of vaccine. Live attenuated vaccines, though, um, they definitely do recommend not to have that. Okay. Um, I also have had the shingles a um, couple times uh, huh. since then, which is weird for someone this young, but after chemo and the stem cell transplant, it's it's kind of not unheard of. It wasn't sure. a horrible case. I didn't have any long lasting scars. I took my medicine right away for that. But um, besides that, that, that's nothing in comparison sure. to the life I have now. It's, it's my second chance at life. Sure. Well, you're an awesome mom. Oh, <laughs> she she's, is. she's an she awesome is. daughter. We already had a tight knit family anyway from working mm-hmm. together yeah um because she started working at the pet pro when she was three i say me hi to a grasshopper and um i've got pictures of her you know sitting in a chair at the front desk you know with her little legs sticking out and you know um ringlets on her hair and stuff but no we've worked together and we've been together as a mm-hmm. as a group yeah she's so, my best friend yeah she's yeah. my so maid of honor yeah matron of honor yes that was have- quite an honor because then i had to give a speech oh, yeah, <laughs> and tough. i fretted over that but we we wove you know the whole you know him seeing her when she was bald and still oh, wanting yeah. to date her anyway and you know that's that's a good guy yes for He's sure a keeper. Yes. Yep. he is a keeper well i'm he happy is. for all of you guys you really fought 
to make it happen. It could have ended bad. Yeah. Takes, yeah. Takes yep. a village. Yeah. It definitely took a village to do it, but we Is did it. Anyone yeah. you want to shout out or any organization, um, anyone that really helped you along the way? Yes. Uh, Dr. Richard Burt, he's the one that actually came up with this idea for the stem cell transplant. And this is the Northwestern doctor. Is that right? Northwestern Chicago. Yeah. So he's a genius of an individual. Even um, my husband, Lance, was looking at all his credentials the other day when we were sitting out by the fire. And he said, my gosh, he has so many credentials to his name. He is just the smartest man. Mm -hmm. And they came up with this transplant. And then the National Stem Cell Foundation, Paula Grisanti. Oh yeah. Um, I actually met her after. Uh, That's what your after mom said. Yeah. I met her, and Lance did too. So we were actually both able to meet her when we were traveling through um, the the Tennessee area where she was at that week. Uh, um, so it was so nice to be able to meet up with her, get put a face to the name for someone that helped make such a difference. And sure. then of course, I have to shout out to my parents and my grandma and yeah. my family and friends. They made this possible. I wouldn't have been where I was at without their help at all well, and you didn't, i stayed so positive throughout the whole thing well you didn't have a normal teenage life but i wish you just joy and peace the rest because you got a lot of life to live still you know yes thank you so much yeah. it's it's all happy and it's good yes, i'm so happy for you guys I'm so happy about this from here on thank you for coming I, and i'm glad we yeah. get it together well, thank, thank you, you so for asking much. us yeah it's great you guys anything else Feel free to reach out and message us if you have any questions about this. All right. So I anyone will. that has MS. Yeah, it seems like truly 95% success rate. You can't argue with that. Right. Okay. No. Yep. Thank you, guys. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. However, your podcast host of choice allows, please positively rate, review, comment, and give all the stars. Don't forget to follow, subscribe, share, and ring that notification bell so you know when the next episode drops. Also, search and follow HyperLocalCU on all social media. If I forgot anything or you need me, visit my website at HyperLocalCU.com. Bye!